Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Randy Mitchell. Jesus said to his disciples, Ye are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Salt and Light confronts the difficult and often controversial issues that affect today's culture. The only hope for this generation is for more people to follow Jesus Christ and for his followers to be salt and light in their community. Pastor Randy will discuss the Bible solutions to help us know what God says about the problems we face today. Salt and Light is a ministry of Temple Baptist Church in Statesville, North Carolina. Here's your host, Pastor Randy Mitchell. Good morning and welcome to Salt and Light. I'm Randy Mitchell, joined by Max Robinson. Uh, It is a pleasure to be with you here this morning. We hope that you are already having a good day. And uh, whether you are commuting on your way to work or whether you're just uh, sitting at home drinking coffee, listening to the radio or watching us on live stream. We are delighted to be with you here today. Uh, Got a lot of different things we're going to be talking about. Brother Max, how are you doing today? Doing good. Been a good day so far. All right. So far. So far. Got a good start. So uh, how did Master Club go last week? Excellent. Yeah, our our kids have really been taking the challenge to heart of, of course, scripture memory, but even learning the books of the Bible. This has been really encouraging as we've got several very young kids, three, four years old, that are, I mean, they're, they're halfway or more through learning the books of the Bible, and it's just, it's exciting. They're excited. They're they are putting effort. You know, they, they stumble a little bit over the Thessalonians, but they're getting <laughs> Yeah, they're getting <laughs> I noticed that. that. Yeah. yeah, but it's 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 wonderful, and it's encouraging to see the, pa- the parents participate in this and take it to heart as well, and it, it's been good. We've had some visitors. We hope to see some more, and yeah. Just thanking the Lord for what he's doing. Yeah, we've been having a handful of visitors uh, every week. And, of course, we've been promoting this on the radio. There's probably got to be somebody out there listening that uh, has children that would love to get them in a program where they can get grounded in the Word of God, be challenged. Uh, these kids are learning the books of the Bible by heart. They're learning Bible verses. They're having some good fun and fellowship, making some friends in a great, uh, I believe it's a great atmosphere and environment. And so, as always, we encourage you to um, uh, jump on board. And you can go on our website, templebaptistnc.com, and right there on the homepage, you just click on Master Club. You can register your child or just bring them on a Wednesday night, show up at 7 p.m., and uh, we'll get you all taken care of. 7 p.m. sharp. 7 p.m. sharp. And uh, you're welcome to stay for the Bible study on Wednesday nights. We're in the book of Proverbs. We also have a time of prayer requests and prayer. You're welcome to, but you don't have to feel obligated. If you just want to drop your children off, uh, we will take good care of them. And um, so I wanted to encourage you to participate in that. We'd love to see some more visitors and uh, guests with us. And anyhow... um, a lot of good things going on at Temple Baptist Church. The Lord's working, and that is exciting. The topic today, I'd like to dive right into that. Um, you know, this is salt and light, and so today on our broadcast, we've got a combination of salt and light, and we're going to go ahead and deal with the salt topic to begin with. And uh, folks, just a reminder, if you are a longtime listener of Salt and Light Radio Broadcast, you know that we don't shy away from any topic that's relative. Uh, You know, we've got uh, 
the contemporary crowd, if you want to, I know that's not a consistent label for everyone. Uh, you can't just put everybody in the same category, but typically speaking, the contemporary crowd takes the old-fashioned, if you want to use that term, um, conservative crowd, and they talk about how that our messages aren't relevant. You know, it's like we're not in touch with people and where they live. And I, I don't believe that for a moment. I think that their message has become, they're telling people what they want to hear. That doesn't make the message relevant. That just, that makes the message people accommodating rather than accommodating God and his word. And we always want to be faithful to the word of God. So what we're going to talk about for just a few minutes here this morning is the subject of tobacco. Now, uh, we're, we're in North Carolina. This is the tobacco capital of the world, practically. Uh, so much tobacco has been uh, grown in North Carolina. And listen, if you are a tobacco user or a tobacco grower, please, you know, buckle your seatbelt. You don't, you don't have to get all um, reactionary. We're, we're going to just talk about it. And I, I come from a home I grew up in a tobacco using home and I am a former tobacco user and I've even known people say well now you're a preacher well, I've known plenty of preachers that were tobacco users didn't see anything wrong with it and uh, if I could say first of all brother Max before we start looking at what the scripture says I, I'm just gonna go come right out and say it I can't give you a Bible verse that says thou shalt not use tobacco right and I, I've heard all the different arguments for and against, and so we're looking at this from every side of the equation. And I'll, I'll just be honest, as a pastor, I've always counseled and taught from the pulpit against the use of tobacco. We'll see the reasons here in just a few minutes. But at the same token, if you are a tobacco user and you're a Christian, I, I'm just going to say this. There are a whole lot worse things that you could do. And so we're not saying if you smoke or chew that you're going to hell. We are not saying that at all. Or we're hang out with girls that do, right? Oh yeah, the poem. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> smoke, I don't <laughs> chew, and I don't hang with those who do. We're not, we're not being like I've heard some Baptist preachers that will preach you into hell if you do any of those things on that are on their list. I am not from that mindset. I don't see that in the scripture. But I do believe that in, in our desire to try to be helpful to both Christians and non-Christians, I think it's important that we tell the truth and at least explain what the Word of God says. And then, and only then, if the Holy Spirit leads you, if you're a tobacco user and the Holy Spirit convicts your heart, that's what God did to me. He convicted me over it. And he gave me the grace to quit, and I, I don't regret that decision not one bit. And God blessed me for that decision, and I, I wouldn't uh, do it any otherwise. But uh, obviously, it has to be something that you decide on your own with mm. the help of the Holy Spirit. It, it, it can't be the preacher or the parent or some other human influence. That's going to be short-lived, and it's not going to be lasting. So we're about uh, to the end of this segment. Let me let you throw in your two cents before we talk a little bit more about what the Bible says about it in the next segment. Well, I guess in preparation of some things we're going to say about this in scripturally is, you know, I want to say as well that my early years in life, I was exposed to this. I had uh, parents that were users of this, and um, my first experience as a kid was I was 
second, third grade, had my first cigarette, and I was fifth grade and exposed to Copenhagen and began using it throughout here and there through my life, you know. And so, you know, I have an experience with it and can also say that, you know, there are some things that we should consider and with others that are using it. And I think as Christians, we need to consider our testimony, our health, and seriously consider Christ's position if he was here with us on this. Mm -hmm. And I think those are three areas we really, we should observe and look at as we get into the next segment. And I think that the most important is the last of those three that you know, we can convince ourselves that something's okay. We're, humans are great at that. I'm, you know, I've been able to justify my behavior and something that I want to do. We're all really, really good at that. And yet, if Jesus was here and we were talking to him, would he buy into our arguments? And that's really the ultimate goal of every believer is to live a life that's pleasing to Jesus Christ. So we're going to dive into the Word of God in the next segment, so stay tuned and let's hear some Bible principles on the subject of The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 6 and verse number 19, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you? which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Folks, we're talking about the use of tobacco. Uh, I guess we would call that a controversial subject. Uh, maybe if it's not controversial, it's probably a subject that many of our listeners would probably rather not be hearing about. And we're not trying to rub salt in your you know we're salt and light we're not trying to rub salt in any wounds and but uh, we do want to help people and we want we want to represent what the word of god says and so obviously there's a principle that for every christian the spirit of god lives inside of us we are bought with a price and god commends us he admonishes us to glorify him in everything that we do in our body and in our spirit and you know that's a principle that sadly the majority of Christians who, who you know, believers in Jesus Christ don't necessarily live according to that principle, and we need to. We ought to. I had a time in my life where I was saved, but I wasn't living according to that principle. And uh, we mentioned before the, the break, I, I said that I used to be a tobacco user. You were exposed to that. Uh, my parents, my, my mom actually died of lung cancer. Now, she quit smoking. Uh, literally about 30 years before she died of lung cancer. And I remember we asked the doctor, you know, was it because of her pre... He said, yeah, it, it was. Uh, she probably would not have had lung cancer if she hadn't spent most of her life um, smoking pretty heavily. Now, I, th I think about that and I think, well, she quit smoking and that probably gave me and my sisters and all of her grandkids it probably gave us 10, maybe 20 years with her right. that we wouldn't have had otherwise. Right. But I did watch her uh, the way that she had to go. And I will say, folks, it's not a good way to go. And if you have been around a loved one that lung cancer from tobacco use, that it took them out of here, it is just not, it's not the way that I want to go. And I know people get lung cancer and different forms of cancer, not because of tobacco use, but, you know, it is definitely something that you can relate to it. Now, Brother Max, when 
I grew up in a smoking home and I hated it. I hated the secondhand smoke, just despised it. Uh, I can remember the first time that I tried a cigarette out of curiosity when I was a kid and it's just like I, I didn't get it. I couldn't see what the why that was something that was desirous. I just hated it. But I will say this, I when I experimented with uh, chewing tobacco and dipping and all of that from day one, I really liked it. I enjoyed it. And so even in my high school years, I became um, addicted to it in a lot of different ways. It was just, it was a habit that I became used to accustomed to I think no doubt that the nicotine became a, a, a chemical addiction because when I got right with the Lord and then when God convicted me of that and I quit using it I, I had a hard time there for a while it wasn't easy I've heard people say well God just took that desire away from me for me it wasn't that way I, I had to endure the, um, the cravings and uh, had to get through that by God help me, I'm not saying I did it on my own, but God didn't just take that desire, and I had to trust him and get his help. And, you know, I, I went into a church service. My, my father-in-law, he wasn't my father-in-law at the time, but went into his church, and I had my blue jeans and my cowboy boots on, had my round ring on my back pocket. And, you know, growing up in church, I would always take my Copenhagen, I would hide it in my cowboy boots. But you had the ring. I had the ring, yeah, but I just, I would stick it in my cowboy boots, and I had gotten right with the Lord, and, I, and God was changing my life, and I was yielding to Him, and, and, and really God was speaking to my heart. It was a great time, but there were still some things that were God was still dealing with me about. And I even, as a kid, when I was using tobacco, I knew in my heart of hearts that this wasn't pleasing to the Lord. And even my parents, as Christian parents, they used tobacco and they would, they would tell me, look, we do this, we don't want you to do this, we, we know that it's wrong, but you know, they, were, they had addictions, and especially my dad. I don't think my dad ever completely, he would go for periods of time where he would quit, but he would always revert back to it. He grew up, I mean, he smoked heavily from the time he was like seven years old, and he was a truck driver and out there. Uh, you know, uh, alone a lot, and so that was just probably something to pass the time, and it was, it had a great power over him, and he would say, look, son, I, I know I'm not the one to tell you this, but I'd really, really wish you wouldn't do that, but he didn't have the authority, I guess, to tell me I couldn't. He could have, but he chose to not be inconsistent so right yeah, there's some credibility loss there exactly and and that's part of what you know every christian needs to examine in their life which is part of some scriptures that uh you know we may or may not get to look at as well speaking of our liberty but you know one verse you mentioned before the segment began first corinthians ten thirty one. wherefore or whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever ye do do all to the glory of god and there is an aspect of our life as christians that we need to take in consideration that what we are doing should be to god's glory and are there certain things in our life certain things we do that does it truly honor god does it bring him glory and i appreciated one thing you said and you may not have realized or intended this to come out is 
I think one thing that we do in teaching young people about some of these things, we deceive them and say, oh, it's bad, it's icky, it's all this other stuff that you're not going to enjoy it. But like when you said, when the first time you, you dipped or rubbed, you didn't like cigarette smoking, but you went different avenue with the same product mm -hmm. and you enjoyed it. It brought satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Well, just like Satan I liked did, it from the get-go. Right, just yeah. like Satan did with Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. You know, she saw that it was good for fruit. It was pleasant. It was pleasing. It was tasteful. It satisfied mm -hmm. their flesh. And many of these things that initially we do, yes, it is pleasing, and it, for a moment, satiates our desires, mm -hmm. and we can, oh, this is all good. This is a wonderful situation without looking at the consequences in the future, which were dire. I mean, Adam and Eve witnessed their firstborn son kill their secondborn son. Yeah. As a result of, oh, it's good. You and I have both seen very close death within our families because of this. A lot of suffering. Rachel's granddad, my wife's granddad, loved the man. But I, I, I never really had a grandparent figure in my life. He was the first. We weren't even married, and he considered me his grandson. Mm -hmm. And uh, he smoked eventually. Started as a young boy, as a farmer, farm country, then into the military. World War II, carried on. It was harmless. He didn't promote it. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't glorify it anyway. But it, he was young, and I remember being in the hospital with him. My wife is pregnant with our oldest son. Caleb, and is he squeezing my hand with tears, with the regrets of taking that cigarette for the first time, knowing he's not going to see his grandson? Mm. It was heartbreaking for him, for us, mm -hmm. you know. But we don't see that when we begin these things. It's and and that's as well as the biblical view that we're looking at that we need to consider. What are the consequences? Yeah. What What are the there, results? There are some desirable and tasty things out there in the world that we like, that we know, you know, God warned Adam and Eve that this is what would happen, and they weren't necessarily rejecting the Word of God, but the results, the consequences always come later in life. You know, the all of the suffering that uh, happens from our sin and our decisions, it happens later. And oftentimes we just think, well, maybe I'll get away with it and I've got time and whatnot. But the, the wise person looks at that and says, hey, I'm probably not going to be the exception to the rule. And, you know, you can warn people with the suffering and it's not just lung cancer or oral cancer. There's all kinds of other health effects that come from the use of tobacco. We know that. Stati statistics tell us that, but we still do it because we like it so much. Mm -hmm. Well, I liked it so much that I, I, I didn't want to get rid of it, but as I sat in my uh, father-in-law's church, he wasn't preaching on this at all. But I sat in church, and the Holy Spirit was working me over and telling me, son, I want you to get rid of that. And, and I didn't know it, but the right before church that Sunday morning, the last dip of Copenhagen that I would ever take, 
I took it then. And so when I got out of church, I just got rid of it. And so there was no farewell. This is my last dip. I just obeyed the Lord and the Lord blessed. Now, Brother Runyon would preach against tobacco. He would oftentimes use some humor. He'd say, I can imagine that here's a Christian that takes a puff of a cigarette and the rapture takes place and then they're standing in the presence of the Lord and expelling (laughs) secondhand smoke in his face. And a lot of times preachers would say that, you know, you can... You can dip in heaven, but you have to go to hell to spit. <laughs> you know, I've heard all of those, and, you know, we, we find it humorous and funny, but, you know, a lot of it we just have to recognize that it just comes down to living a life that is pleasing to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in the next segment, we're going to start talking about a more light type of topic. We're going to talk about reaching people for Christ. Now, our testimony, and you mentioned it earlier, our credibility there are things the way that we live our life that either adds credibility to our witness or takes away from the credibility of our witness. Now, we all know that there are horrible sins out there. If a preacher falls into immorality or adultery or if a Christian does something, you know, uh, horrible sin, certainly that takes away from our credibility. But there are other things. And I believe that the use of tobacco is one of those things that just takes away from the credibility of our witness and our testimony. So often we think about our reputation, and that's what people think of us, but our testimony is different. It's what people think of our Christianity, of our Savior, and we all need to guard our testimony, and I know that's what God spoke to my heart about when I got rid of tobacco. It's like, I just want you to do this for me. It wasn't because I was afraid of the health consequences. I just wanted to obey the Holy Spirit. Philippians chapter 1, verse number 20, the Apostle Paul says, According to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. We've been talking about tobacco use, and that's certainly a salty topic, and we're going to segue into a more light topic, and that light that we're going to be segueing into is the light of the gospel. The Bible says that Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus told his disciples that he wanted us to be salt and light, and that light means that we're supposed to shine to the world around us and be a witness. And, of course, we talked about it toward the end of last segment, that glorifying God in our body, having credibility with our witness, and we want to spend the rest of the broadcast talking about how we as Christians can be a witness that we can reach people around us and make a difference. And so I'm going to turn things over to you, Brother Max, and let's start talking about this and hopefully be a help to people. You know, every child of God that has the Holy Spirit of God living inside us, we all want to make a difference. But oftentimes we don't know what to do or we don't have somebody encouraging us to actually do something. Most Christians are a big fan of outreach, they're a big fan of witness, and yay, they're, you know, the preacher talks about winning somebody to Christ, and we cheer him on, but 99% of most believers actually do nothing to witness to people around them to try to reach them for Christ. So we want to help people today. So what would you have to say to that, Brother Max? Well, obviously, outreach is very important. 
I, and I think in our time, and I know we're not getting into it in this topic, is the debate among churches on the most effective way to do that, right? And so we're employing all kinds of ways and mediums to do this because we're 100% results-oriented numerically, not mm. in a changed heart. And so the scripture says, you know, the, you know, the preaching the gospel and, and the word of God, this is the power of God unto salvation. So the obvious thing is, is we need the truth, which is the light, which is the bread, right? The living water, God's word, his words. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He has the words of life. His words, his message, his life, his death, burial, and resurrection, which is the gospel, has to be presented clearly. That's what needs to go forward. Now, if you start looking through biblical history, arguably the most effective evangelist of all time in scripture guy that had no medium had no zeal had no desire could care less about the people he was <laughs> preaching to i know where you're going with this was jonah yeah he had a very short uh, if you were to critique the message it'd be uh, very ineffective uninspiring but it was the power of God unto salvation. God is not willing, clearly, even in our time, according to the word of God, that he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What is going to accomplish that? The preaching of God's truth. Not our personality, nothing else. Each individual the Lord can use. I don't care what your personality is, what your talents are, what your capabilities. There are demographics of people out there that each of us, that God can use specifically to reach an individual that God is not willing that any should perish. We have a man in our church, you know, Brother Jerry Beaver. His background is unique. His life that he grew up in, his experiences. There are people he's able to minister to specifically because he can talk that language. He knows those things, and he is effective in that. He's able to give them a gospel track because there is what we've talked about, some credibility there. Right. Not because he's still in that lifestyle, right? Not because he's got all this stuff going on, but... He can talk about how Christ brought him out of this, made him a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And he's going forward in this life of Christ as a new creature. That's All of us have that story. The scripture that says that we should be ready to speak of the hope that lieth within us. Well, that's that message of salvation that as we got saved, that only we can tell and we can express how God changed us and created that new creature, and it is a powerful testimony. Well, you know, Paul, the apostle, said in Romans chapter number one, he said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Speaking of the gospel of Jesus right. Christ, that's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So whether you're Jewish or Gentile, it doesn't matter. The power of God to salvation 
is the gospel message. Now, if you look around, and you nailed it, Brother Max, when you said today's Christian culture is results-oriented, and we think if we have numbers that we're being effective. Listen, our community is surrounded by churches that have, oh, they have the gospel message in there, but if you took away the rock concert, if you took away the the liberal views, if you took the, hey, we have no rules, we have no standards, no no sense of righteousness, just, you know, come as you are and leave as you came, nothing really matters, all we have is we have the message of Jesus and everything else is okay. If you took that away from their ministry, would it be the gospel that's reaching them or would it be their programs and their entertainment and the way that they're making people feel? And they call that relevant, but listen, I, you, go, you study church history all the way back to the time of the apostles. The people who were truly effective in getting lives changed were the people that weren't always the most popular. They certainly weren't the people that were telling everyone what they wanted to hear, you know, making them feel good about themselves. The real preachers, the real men of God, were the people that were saying things that made people feel bad about themselves. And then they recognized that, hey, I'm a sinner, I'm wicked, I need to repent, and I'm under the judgment of God, and the only thing that can rescue me from God's anger and judgment upon me is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the real gospel, it helps us realize just how needy we are, how wicked we are, but then it also gives us the solution, and that solution is found in the cross of Calvary. And, you know, the law is our schoolmaster. So modern Christianity has taken really the teeth out of the gospel. It's just sugar-coated it. And when you look at all the numbers and the people that are there, if you took away their compromises, what would they have? They wouldn't, just because you have numbers doesn't mean you're actually reaching people. Any organization, any business, any cult can say, well, we must be of God because look at all these numbers that we've reached. It's not numbers oriented. Reaching people means that we, it's, it's gotten to a heart level and, uh, and that's what we need to get back to. Right, with our view of sin today, I mean, what do you need the gospel for? What do you need saved from? If everything in your life you've done up until now is okay, Jesus is okay with everything. He, everything you've done, you don't need to change a thing. Just we're, keep. We're cool. He gets me. <laughs> I mean, the Lord didn't. You know, we we look at the view now, or a lot of modernists, that Jesus didn't say go and sin no more. He said go and sin more. You know, that's a that's our that's, that's our the impression thing. you would get. From, that's the yeah. the practical or the message that you would derive from a lot of modern teaching and theology, which is contrary to what Christ taught. I mean, look what happened to Zacchaeus when he came face to face with the Lord. He came to the reality of his whole life that he had been doing, right? And he's like, I've been wrong. I'm going to restore fourfold. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I mean... He's going to give away, he is going to change his life immediately from what it was, from the moment that Christ came to him. Totally different man. Yeah. That is the kind of results we need to see, even in my own life. Yeah. That's what I need to be. 
the power of the gospel revolutionizes our life to every level. It's not just changing the location of our body on a Sunday that, okay, well, now we go to church. Now we participate in church events and activities. Hey, I'm all for that. I think that those events and activities should have a discipling effect to help us to grow and to fellowship. All of those are important, but there are so many Christians that really that's the only real change that happened in their life is that now they're going to church and they're part of this religious social club. The salvation, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, as you mentioned, Brother Max, it makes us a new creature in Christ Jesus. And it, it totally, we have a new life and it, it's on Monday and it's on Tuesday, it's on Wednesday. The Holy Spirit comes in and starts convicting us and we have a hunger for the word of God. We begin loving other Christians and all of these things that are the byproduct of our salvation. It's not just I said a prayer and now I'm on my way to heaven and I can live however I want. That's not the real work of the Holy Spirit. And our culture is full of those people that said a prayer I'm on my way to heaven, I believe in Jesus, but their life doesn't exemplify that anything has happened in their heart. That takes away the credibility of the gospel message, and that's what true uh, preachers of the gospel and true uh, Christian churches are struggling with, is where uh, you can't compete with that in human mind and reasoning, but I guess the beauty of it is, is we don't have to because the power is still in the gospel, and I would, uh, I would rather glean some real results and some real conversions than to water it down right. and sugarcoat it and just, you know, be able to report some numbers and have a large church. I'd rather have a strong church, one that's true and, and, and consistent with the entire Word of God, and that's what true Christianity is all about. Now, as we get ready to go to another break, how can we reach people? Well, I want to say this before the break, and that is we've got a witness. You know, so often we think, well, people will just see that I'm, I'm a good person, and they'll come up and ask me, what's, what's, you know, what's so wonderful about you? I want in on it. Well, that doesn't work. Right. That doesn't happen very often. And so if we're going to reach people, we have to witness you shall be witnesses unto me, Jesus said. And that means actually speaking up and telling people about Jesus Christ. So often people think that they have to have some kind of a plan memorized. Well, if you've been saved, you know what Jesus did for you. Anyone who's been saved can be a witness if we're just willing to step out, have the boldness and the compassion, and just open up our mouth and say, hey, are you a Christian? Are you saved? How we open up that conversation, there's millions of different ways that we can do that, but we still have to open up our mouth and actually witness and tell people about Jesus Christ, not just our church, not just what God's done for us, but about Jesus Christ. More after the break. All 
way, we're talking about witnessing, telling people about Jesus Christ, reaching a lost and dying world around us, folks. Our country and our community would be so much a better place if people knew Jesus Christ as their Savior. Uh, this nation was uh, has never been a perfect nation. There's always, every culture, every generation has always had their sin problems. But uh, certainly this was a better place for the most part in the past when people understood the gospel of Jesus Christ and there was more Bible truth. The Bible was in the schoolhouse, prayer was in the schoolhouse, and it had a salt and light effect on our culture. We don't have that anymore. And uh, what's happened is Christians have either gotten discouraged or maybe they've not been taught or encouraged themselves that we need to tell people about Jesus Christ. We're living in a country that pretty much everybody knows or has heard of Jesus. We celebrate Christmas as a national holiday. Now, not every third world country and certainly not uh, countries in the past generations all had that. There were missionaries that would go to foreign countries and they'd tell people about Jesus Christ who had never ever heard that name. Right. And so we're living in a little bit different dynamics here in America where the name of Jesus has been heard. It's not brand new. But what's happened is it's transformed into something that is not true to the scripture. And Christians just assume that everybody knows how to be saved. But that is so false. We're, we're living here in the Bible Belt, and I guarantee you, uh, easily 90% of the people, even church attenders in our community today, if you ask them, what would I need to do in order to go to heaven? And they're going to probably tell you something that's very religious but not true to the gospel. Well, you, you know, you need to be a good person, or you need to be baptized, or you need to do this and that. And none of it has to do with putting your faith and trust in Jesus and Jesus alone. They're, they're, they don't understand that message. They think that ultimately that they're going to be good enough because they believe in Jesus, because of all these things, and they just, they totally don't get it and that's because I think there's been some failure in the pulpit in being faithful to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is and it just really continues to reveal the need of Christians not just faithful pastors that are getting in the pulpit that are honest have integrity and sticking true to the real gospel according to Galatians chapter 1 and preaching a, a sincere and real gospel that the people need to be out speaking and telling of what they have done. I, you have several instances in scripture where the Lord met with somebody, revealed to them their life, their sin, and then they went, they went. So the woman at the well. There she is, and the Lord goes through this whole thing. Great truth. Great. He's the living water, mm -hmm. right? And he, just a spiritual truth that it's him. He is the source. What you've been looking for and what you've been hoping for in religion all these years is being fulfilled right here with me right now. Right. And here I am, the opportunity. And he reveals to her what was her sin in her life. And what does she do? She goes into the town and says, come meet a man that told me everything I did. And she wasn't all, talking about the good stuff. No, all yeah. she's doing is, is her testimony, 
her testimony, and it says, and many believed. And then there those that believed, but they weren't going to take her word for it. They sought out the one that changed her life and heard themselves and believed. Regardless, yeah. the word of God does not return void. Yeah. We just need to get out and do it. Some of them believed in Jesus because of what she had to say, and then others, I don't know about that, but I like that. They, they took the next step, and they investigated what Jesus had to say himself, and ultimately they found what their heart was looking for, but they found it in Jesus Christ. The Philippian jailer, in his despair, said to the apostle Paul and Silas, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. I mean, and that's exactly what happened. He put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ in his moment of despair. Uh, the people would ask the apostle Peter, what, what should we do? The, you know, uh, Philip, the evangelist, as he's talking to that, uh, that Ethiopian and he's riding in his chariot and the Holy Spirit leads Philip to, to join right, to pull it right up next to him and the, the, the Ethiopians reading out of Isaiah chapter 53 and Philip says do you, do you know what you're reading? Right. Do you understand that? He says well how can I except some man should guide me? And then it says that Philip opened up and at that scripture he preached to him Jesus Christ. He showed him who you're reading about but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and so forth. He said that's Jesus and this is what Jesus did for you on the cross. And the Ethiopian, he, he put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. There was a moment, a time in his life when he believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. He wasn't one of these that said, well, I've always been a Christian. I've always believed in Jesus. There was a time when he recognized his need as a sinner, recognized what Jesus did on the cross, and he received him, believing, receiving, Obviously, repentance is in there because it's got to come from the heart. You can't say, well, yeah, I want, I want my sin, but I want Jesus to just make me happy in it. No, right. you have to say, I want Jesus to be my Savior. Well, Brother Max, we've talked about a lot of good things here today. We, I, believe, I hope we helped some people at the beginning of the broadcast talking about what the Bible says about tobacco use. We segued into uh, being a witness and reaching the world around us for Jesus Christ. I certainly hope that someone listening would put that truth into practice. And as we close out the broadcast here today, I want to talk about next Sunday's Back to Basics message. If you're familiar with our ministry here, we, um, we are on every uh, Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. with this Salt and Light broadcast, but then we also have 10 o'clock here on this station every Sunday morning we have our Back to Basics which is our preaching service, our morning service at Temple Baptist Church and this upcoming Sunday there's going to be a very special message. We've got a guest speaker that is with us uh, Dr. S.M. Davis and he's going to be preaching a message uh, entitled God's Way to Deal with Your Wrong Emotions and we're going to be broadcasting that <coughs> this coming Sunday at 10 o'clock and Brother Max, I believe this is a very important message for today's people. We are living in a time where I, I've never seen it in my life where more people are allowing their emotions to dictate their life, to lead them wherever they're going to end up. It's all based on their emotions and their feelings. 
course, Hollywood has told everyone you need to follow your heart. If mm -hmm. it feels right, you just need to do it. You need to be, quote, unquote, true to yourself. But all they're doing is just letting their human emotions just lead them through life. And it's leading people to destruction right. in the end. And, and, and one of the other things that's commonly said is as long as you're happy. So, you know, whether or not you you stay committed in your marriage and you've come across somebody that, well, as long as you're happy, right? It doesn't matter the consequences. Yeah. It doesn't matter the wake of destruction in your family, your personal life, your fine, anything else, as long as you're happy. And it is deception. It is absolutely deception. I mean, Scripture gives it plain that happy is he whose God is the Lord, mm -hmm. right? We will find happiness in the Lord, and we will find happiness in our life with the Lord by following his word. Because he truly, I, I, I'm convinced, he has the words of life. Yeah. I, I don't care whatever rhetoric has been spilled across America, across the world. It's nonsense. It is God, Jesus Christ, that has the words of life. He has the path to happiness. And he has the truth and principles to help us overcome our emotions, discern what we're feeling, what we're going through, versus reality and truth and what path is best to follow. Well, there are so many Bible principles about this, Brother Max. I think about Jeremiah 17, 9, where the Word of God says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. Solomon, in his wisdom, he understood human nature. And there's two Bible verses there in Proverbs that are so relevant. First of all, he said, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Basically, he's saying, don't let your heart lead you, but rather lead your heart. Lead your heart with truth. Protect your heart from things that will cause it to have feelings and emotions that will lead down the wrong path. And then he also said uh, that he that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. We make ourselves vulnerable if we follow our emotions rather than exercise Bible principles on how to deal with our emotions. The Bible's full of characters who uh, followed their emotions and it caused them great, great problems. Moses got angry and followed his emotion and he smote the rock when God told him to speak and because of that he didn't get to go into the promised land. Samson fell in love with a Philistine harlot I mean, he just had to have her because that's what his emotions wanted, and it ended up to his own destruction and what God's plan and purpose for his life was. He never was able to completely fulfill it. Uh, so many times, over and over and over, Saul was jealous of David, and basically Saul's jealousy destroyed his own uh, kingship. And so uh, we need to understand and learn uh, that just because I feel it doesn't mean that it's good or right. right. Now, God gave us emotions, and emotions can be a wonderful thing as long as they are under the authority of the Word of God. So I hope that people will come and will listen to next Sunday's broadcast. You can get these messages off of our website. Brother Max, it's been a good day today. 
I hope that our listeners have been uh, blessed and edified by the Bible truth that we have given them today and hope that you'll continue to, to tune in to Salt and Light. Any last thoughts before we close out? No, I just say keep looking to Jesus Christ. Keep being faithful. Keep If you don't know him, you need to know him. Amen. You keep, need to know the one that gives life. Keep looking to Jesus. Get in the Bible. Amen. Let the Bible be your source of authority. Let it lead you and guide you. God bless you, folks. We appreciate you tuning in today. 